painful to have your life's work stuck inside you. Matt is trained as a therapist and offers a 10-week coaching program called The Shadow Quest, which is all about unlocking the work you were born to contribute. We talk about Matt's own journey, what self-love actually means, how self-love affects every single other area of your life as well as your creativity, and what it means to live a truly meaningful life. I really hope you love this episode. It's one of my favourites. I'm so excited to listen to it myself again. So I hope you love it as much as I did. Here we are with Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today. I say us, it's literally just me. Actually, my cat's here with me. So yeah, <laughs> hey, that's good. <laughs> Thank you so much. How's your day been? Oh my goodness. Jack, thanks so much for having me on Shots Fired. Uh, my day so far has been a mix of... Uh, getting my three small children to their daycare which is always a like a storm <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> it's like like you talk about your cat it's like herding cats and our and our daycare is like two doors down from my house and it takes an unbelievable amount of time to get them there so that was kind of interesting but then as the day has gone on um i've had so many amazing conversations about the topic and the areas that we're going to be talking about today and i it just it just fills my heart to be able to um help people explore this topic of um of self-love and living a purposeful meaningful life and i learned so much in the process so i've had a number of those conversations already today and so i'm just really looking forward to to this one with you too amazing oh that's so sweet I'm I'm very excited. I feel like I need it at this point. My day's been a little hectic up until now, so this nice. has come at the right time. Perfect. Well, why don't you tell us um, first a bit about what you do and and how you got into it? Yeah. Well, look, I I would say that my path into this this work. I'm a I'm a trained therapist and a coach, but I really think of myself as like a garbage collector for the psyche. Um, my job is to go around helping people identify the junk really in the human operating system. We've been passing down from generation to generation and just inhibits our ability to love and to relate and to create and to build things. Um, and through helping people identify that and teaching people how to take out the trash, I'm, uh, I have this great privilege of helping people to live more and more from a deeper sense of what we all really are, which is inherently more confident, more creative, more relaxed, more joyful than we probably experience on a day-to-day -day basis when we're caught up in all of our thinking. And so, um, 
so I really came to to this kind of work basically because I was so miserable. I was like, I had a bit of an early midlife crisis when I hit 30. I had a bit of a breakdown that um, was sort of grounded in get, getting a lot of the things that I had been told would make me feel happy. And, you know, it was like the career, the, the right um, holidays, you know, all of the mm -hmm. stuff. And none of it. What was were you doing me... at this point? God, I was I was working in the corporate world. I really mm. was so disconnected from myself. I had no idea about me, and so I just sort of followed some of the well-trodden paths of people around me, um, hoping that it would work for me. And um, yeah, I arrived at thirty, and I'll never forget my thirtieth birthday. Um, it was like a, I was living in London and it was like the most awful driving rain, cold winter's day. And it was the perfect backdrop for how I was feeling. And my mum walked in to my house to give me a present. And I just burst into tears. And she said to me, you know, what's what's wrong? And I just said to her, I don't know. I have no idea. Mm. And that day I took myself off to the gym because I was pretty good at that point at like picking myself up and dusting myself off and trying again and I was actually running on the treadmill at the gym and I literally canned out hell <laughs> literally mm -hmm. fell off the treadmill and it was like oh the gosh. perfect metaphor for that time in my <laughs> life like falling off the treadmill and I took myself downstairs in this gym where they had this this jacuzzi and I got into that jacuzzi like the most depressed despondent like victim i think i've ever felt in my life and as i sat there in my misery suddenly i just somehow there was another thought broke through into my mind and it said you don't have to do any of this like you don't have to do any of this and it was like this like earth shatter it doesn't sound like much but to me it was like a voice from my like it was probably like the first time I'd actually heard my higher self actually mm. speak to me. And literally two weeks later, I I I resigned from my job. I went and and spent some time living in South America and really got on this journey of like soul searching to discover who am I really, what am I really here for? And that's kind of what just lights me up about this work is just where yeah. that whole journey has led led me. I'm laughing as you say some of those things, not because they're funny, but because I totally understand. And I've recently had some of those moments myself. And I feel like until you do, you can't even truly understand what that means um, mm. and what kind of place you're at. Um, but yeah, I, I can really relate to that feeling of just it all hitting you in one day and um, thinking you understood what self-acceptance and self-love and self-worth were but not realizing you never truly got it. And it was all of these other things that you were really seeking. Um, I, I'm shaking my head as you say that actually, <laughs> um, because I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. The number of times I thought I got it and mm. it turned out I, it, I got it intellectually perhaps, but I sure as yes. hell didn't, didn't get it with my whole being, you know, and like you just said, you can sometimes only really, really get it at precisely the moment when you can really get it and not before. 
So how would you define self-love and what does that mean to you personally? Mm, mm. You know, for me, that my understanding of self-love has really shifted a lot in the last probably three to five years. Um, in the beginning, it was, it was um, very much about self-care and i think you've spoken about that um on one of your previous episodes so it was it was mm -hmm. a lot about treating myself kindly and doing nice things for myself and all of that kind of stuff which was absolutely great i can remember a time in my life where i was i was not taking care of myself at all and so that was kind of revelatory to really prioritize you know going to the hot springs or um you know whatever i needed to take care of myself but i think the evolution for me has been what i i had a kind of like an earthquake i would is how i that's how i spoke about it at the time i had an earthquake under my sort of idea of what self-love really is a few years ago because what i realized is that you know when i when i was um in a moment let's say of like building my business and feeling vulnerable about what i was doing let's say i don't know i was putting you know i can remember a stage a few years ago where i was reaching out to people on linkedin to see if they mm -hmm. might be interested in my work and in that moment, I would experience some some vulnerability, you know, like I'm sure everyone can recognize in themselves a fear of of rejection, of being ignored, of being, you know, just not being worthy of mm -hmm. um, a response or of connection or whatever. And sometimes we're not fully aware that that's what's going on within us. Sometimes it's a, just a sort of a yuck feeling. But I was kind of I was doing that sort of activity. And in the past, up until that moment, my concept of self-love was kind of about just um, like feel the fear and do it anyway kind of thing. Like just mm -hmm. get over yourself, just get over yourself. Like, come on, come on, you, you know, you've got to just got to do this and it will be it will feel good the other side of of doing all this stuff and and really using my willpower to love this part of myself that wanted and believed in the possibility of what I could create. And that mm -hmm. was, there was definitely a real truth to that. And it definitely did help. The trouble with it was that it required a lot of willpower. And I don't know what your experience with that is, but my experience <laughs> is that willpower is a really finite thing. Um, mm. You know, and we can I mean, run out wait of it. until it's really not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you can have a really genuine moment where you're like, yes, I can do anything. <laughs> you know, something mm. goes well and you're like, yes, like this is it. But then, you know, at some point with some inevitability, life sends us something that is a bit more crushing than our willpower is equal to. And suddenly we find ourselves running for cover, going back into hiding, avoiding procrastinating, all of that kind of stuff. And so what the, the earthquake for me that, you know, I really 
want people to hear everywhere I go is that there was a really, really counterintuitive approach to self-love that I hadn't got up until that moment, which was as I was trying about to reach out to this, whoever it was on LinkedIn or whatever, and as I became aware that a part of me was feeling really exposed in that act, instead of trying to just overcome that part of me and just do this anyway, I actually started to turn towards that part of me that was feeling really vulnerable. And very often what I would find was that that part of me was like, I call him little, little cookie because my surname's Cooksey. And <laughs> I, would, I would turn towards little cookie and I would just, I would realize that if I like if I wasn't careful, I would just get pulled into all of my little cookies, fears and vulnerabilities and doubts, which is I think why very often we don't we don't turn toward that vulnerable part of ourselves. But with some practice and with some guidance from from my mentors and coaches, what I learned to do was turn towards little cookie, this part of me that simultaneously feels vulnerable and scared and afraid of rejection and never enough and all that stuff and i could actually hold him a little bit i could just hold him and and really sort of like i would a small child tell me tell me you know what are you what are you frightened of and i would i would be able to hold this part of me just like i hold my actual kids and amazingly what would happen when i learned to do that was that that part of me would then blossom into this like what i think of as like a creative genius like we're all born mm -hmm. like these little creative geniuses and so for me what self-love has has become is is becoming aware of any moment where i might be rejecting a part of myself and at that point of discovering that putting everything down and turning inward and finding a way to hold and love whatever frightened part of myself is coming up instead of trying to just overcome that part. Because what I've seen is when we do that, then all of you is on board with whatever the creative entrepreneurial activity is. And then you don't need willpower. You don't need any willpower mm. because all of you is on board with it. So that's kind of where I've gotten to. And ever since I got there, it's become so much easier to, to be the kind of prolific creator and contributor that I always wanted to be. Mm. You talked about running from those vulnerable moments and you know procrastinating and avoiding them. And mm. um, I found that was something that I did very often but it was in a way that I wasn't even aware of it. It's just these, these patterns and responses that automatically happen to certain situations. And I was totally not even aware I was doing them. Um, and the, the moment I realized that that's what I was doing, because I've, I've done the typical running too. I've moved continents three times. I've done all of that, <laughs> but it's like the little everyday things that you're doing that are ignoring those signs and what you're doing is just letting those feelings compound 
Sorry, my, oh my cat goodness. just knocked something over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're just letting them compound and then you just get to this place where it all hits you like an avalanche and um, that's the point where I got to earlier this year that I I started, you know, turning towards that part of myself as well and trying to understand that. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think that's a really powerful moment because without that realisation, that real low point, you're not going to get the turn. You're not going to get out on the other side. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true what you said about how those, if you don't, if you don't do that, if you just keep trying to strong arm a part of you into something that it's terrified of, then ultimately what it does is it goes, you know what? I'm just going to go and work unconsciously. I'll just work unconsciously. I'll just sabotage the shit out of everything. <laughs> I will mm -hmm. bring up a wall of procrastination so big you just can't even move. I will um I will have you turn towards food or drinking or Netflix or you know whatever it takes to not have to feel this vulnerability, right? <laughs> yeah yeah so, so when when you were traveling south america you know when mm. after you realized you needed to change something you headed off was there a particular moment during that travel um or afterwards like a a transformative moment that significantly impacted your perspective on life and all of these things totally actually the moment that comes to mind was about four years after that so i went i i took myself off to brazil and i can really i can remember sitting in this cafe at the top of sugarloaf mountain this just incredible view of rio underneath and i was sitting there and i was clarifying my values and my passions and my talents and i was doing all of that work to kind of get to know myself and kind of fast forward a few years i i worked out that I was inherently very, very passionate about this whole thing of the human experience and why we are the way we are and how does this all work? And when it's not working, why why does it not work? And and so I had gone back to, to uni and studied to become a therapist. Um, I literally, like you were saying earlier, I, tr I basically transformed every facet of my life. I I became a therapist. I moved from London to Melbourne in Australia. Um, I set up a private coaching practice. I had a thriving practice. I had a beautiful office where I'd see people looking over the city. Like I had everything. I had a new partner. Uh, I had, you know, I had literally changed everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And I sat in my car outside the office after a, a day of doing quote unquote like my purpose. And I, and I was unhappy again. And I was like, oh, no. Like, it was a real sinking feeling of, like, shit. I have mm. I've changed everything in my life. I've got what I thought I wanted. And, and still I'm left with this feeling. And, you know, as I sat there in the car, like, in the thick of that awful moment, I had, like, these two hypotheses come up. One was, like, well, basically, I'm just, I'm just screwed up as a human being, and I just can't be happy. That's hypothesis number one. 
which was, as you can imagine, a pretty painful hypothesis. Mm. And the other hypothesis was like, well, maybe there's just something I'm not getting about this whole thing. Because at that time, I'd kind of mentally thought, if I find my purpose, that that's the missing ingredient. That's the thing that will make me happy. And there I was sitting with this purpose, like I'm, I'm doing it, man. And I'm still mm. not, and it's still not right. And I'm so glad to say that I focused on the, the second of those two hypotheses. And, yeah. and that moment sent me on a completely different search. Instead of searching then for something out there in the world, I actually really went inside at that point. And that's where really things opened up. And I, I do think definitely a part of it was getting into the right kind of sphere with my talents and passions and values and all that kind of stuff. That was definitely a part mm -hmm. of it. But I think for people listening to this conversation, that can also be a really misleading thing. You know, we're told like follow our passions and and follow your bliss and all of that kind of stuff. And and it's true and it's only part of the story. Yeah. What would you say to someone who might be listening and they might be feeling some of those things, um, you know, feeling like they don't have a direction and like, is this really, is this everything? And something mm. feels off um, and the dominoes are starting to fall, but they're not sure if maybe this is a phase, maybe I'll grow out of it. Maybe I'm just mm. being soft or something. Like what would you say to someone who needs to kind of work through those feelings i was i was kind of chuckling a bit then because i like the first thing that came up was like if they're if they're saying like it feels like something's off something's not right this isn't it i'd be like mm. yeah you're right <laughs> is what i would say <laughs> uh, would be like first thing because i think we we really are um conditioned into a whole set of um filters through which we view ourselves and the world that completely warp the reality of what life is actually like, what it's really about, who we really are. And so I think for somebody who's having, who's sort of glimpsing in that kind of realization, I would want to really, really encourage them to, to, to follow that thread in their mind to acknowledge that of course the mind will want to defend itself from some from a um from an understanding or from a possibility that it doesn't know of yet you know mm -hmm. like we've been conditioned with all these beliefs and everything that give us a sense of some kind of familiarity even if it's an uncomfortable painful familiarity at least it is known in a way and really what this path is i think is asking us to do is to actually move out of all of our knowing and be willing to sit with the discomfort of not knowing or the possibility that we don't know you know that that we don't know where we really want to go in our lives and to actually contemplate the possibility that 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 might not be a problem per se, that that actually may be a really, really fertile space from which to know, from which to find out. But if we're mm. like, we're, we're trained to be very intolerant of not having everything figured out. Like I remember in your episode 
around self-love you know you were talking about how on social media it looks like everybody else has got their shit together and knows what they're doing and you know it's it we live in that kind of world where it's like mm. not knowing is seen as something really bad but actually what i've seen is that not knowing is a profound opening it's a portal and we just need to tolerate the uncertainty that comes with it and then amazing things can happen mm. I was um, for the last few years in a in a place within my life and my business where I didn't realize this, but I would place so much of my value and my worth on what I was achieving and you know what I was making, what all of these kinds of things within work. And um, this year, really stepping back and taking a look at myself at a deeper level helped put all of those things in perspective for me and, and reassess that. Um, so in what ways has practicing self-love positively impact, impacted other areas of your life? You know, like your relationships, yeah. your work, all of those oh my, things. Oh my God, everything. I mean, mm. that's why I think it's the most, it's one of the most fruitful things anybody could ever invest time, energy, resources, money, into because it will literally change everything like i'm i'm married i'm i've got a husband and i've got these three small kids so as i have grown to love and accept every part of myself including the parts that once upon a time i routinely rejected that has transformed my capacity to love my husband to love my kids because of course as life tends to do the people around us just act as these lovely mirrors of all the things mm. in ourselves that we don't like and so of course if i don't like those things in myself then then when people around me mirror those things to me i had a tendency to reject them in them just as i would in mm -hmm. myself and so over time what has happened is you know and i'm you know we're we're this we're a, a gay couple we've had kids through surrogacy it's been a really full-on process to have kids to and and by accident we end up having twins uh we had oh my a, gosh. a single <laughs> embryo that split into two babies so we've got like three children under three and a half our relationship wow. has been so massively tested at this point and um, mm. you know we've had some really really difficult moments where all of our stuff all of the things that we reject in ourselves and in each other has come up to the surface and as we have and you know speaking just for myself as i have used that as an opportunity to embrace myself more and more what that has opened up for us as a couple it's like it just blows my mind because there were times when i really wondered if we would well where we both wondered whether we would make it whether we mm -hmm. whether this was just going to be too much and i totally totally know in my own heart that if i had not come to accept at first and then embrace parts of myself that i used to reject i i just i just don't think we would have gotten through what we've got through so like mm -hmm. just in that sphere massive changes as well as you know relationships with my family uh my whole approach with building my 
my practice and my business and getting my work out there in the world like the fact that i have accepted myself in these new ways means that i feel so much less self-conscious about putting mm -hmm. my my voice and my work out into the world like i i don't have this whole chatter in the back of my head of like oh you know like that was good or but was it really good like you know was it good enough is this is jack gonna like this conversation like <laughs> is it you know like all of that stuff yeah. i used to just have constantly going on in the background it's just quiet and i can just express myself and that is after you know 40 years of living in a very self-conscious mind that quietness is just everything to me I think that's huge. I mean, obviously I'm a photographer. I know a lot of photographers listen to this, but also just creatives in general. And mm. I got stuck in a, in a really deep pattern of creating based on what I thought would get a response instead of creating what I actually wanted to create. Totally. Um, and it just, it was so not fulfilling. It usually flopped anyway. Um, and it just, you, ha you end up having no sense of what even is your work. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I'm so glad that I've kind of stepped away from that. Um, but what, in what other ways does this translate to thriving in a creative industry? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I just, I just want to also acknowledge what you just said. Um, because I personally relate so much. I was so creating for the crowd or mm. trying to you know, rather than out of like having it be this outpouring, this generous outpouring of my authentic, higher self, however you want to think of that, of the universe, you know, whatever your word is for that. And the difference is so stunning to me. Um, and so I think this is particularly and profoundly important for people who are doing creative work of any sort, whether you're a photographer or a writer or, you know, graphic designer or anything, any creative work, we, I think the truth is that we know, we know when we are creating from something inside us that is not preoccupied or playing to something or trying to get something like we know and we feel that as this this flow state we feel it as this joy this play this generosity and we and it and it's kind of quiet inside as we're as we're showing up in that way and they and so for people in creative particularly in creative industries the difference when you are caught up in your head when you are trying really hard you're for, like, forcing things like the difference is so stark that mm. i think compared to if you're working in like investment banking or whatever where maybe you could you wouldn't feel this so acutely the difference is so clear and you cannot miss that that in the end it's really hard to build a creative business if you can't find your way into that within yourself that just flows naturally out into the world um and so i think for me that's what i love most about the work i do is 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 taking the mystery out 
out of how we enter that kind of flow state because it can feel so mysterious and so damned unreliable and unpredictable mm -hmm. you know like one day i'm like feeling it the next day it's just gone and that's actually it's a horrible feeling so to to be able to show people how to find their way to that is is massive amongst all this of course if we if we learn this and we're working on this actively we accept this we're still going to have bad days it's just going Absolutely. to happen so what kind of tools and, and things do you use when you are having a bad day to kind of put things back into perspective? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love, I love that because I think very often our minds can conjure up the possibility that we're going to arrive at some majestic state in the future where we never, ever have a bad day ever again. <laughs> yeah. And it's all going to be better. And it's, we're going to live in this, um, perfect world which i can't wait you know, <laughs> hey i'll see you there i'll see yeah. you again <laughs> um, we might be waiting a long time <laughs> we might be waiting a long time i mean just at the top of this recording you and me obviously had the some like major tech problems that we had to <laughs> go through just to even be having this conversation and so yeah. that's a i think that's a great that's a great example um and i think it, it your question like so what how do we how do we respond to our difficult moments when we're not feeling it and i and i think there's a really important thing to see about that which is something comes up a part of you immediately and automatically responds with some kind of resistance you know we were having these tech problems right a part of me goes like i don't like this this is inconvenient like i'm like i'm i just i want to you know i want this to go well this isn't kind of making an easy start to this conversation like there's a part of me that could get very preoccupied about mm. why this is not good this is not good this is not how this is meant to be going you know all of that kind of stuff and then what very often happens with self-aware people is that another part of you then goes oh no that part of me that freaks out is freaking out uh-oh mm. bad things tend to happen <laughs> when that part of me when that anxious part of me goes up i need to i need to calm that part of me down which actually just makes it even worse because now i've got all these layers of thinking and thinking about thinking and feeling about feeling going on and it's mm -hmm. all sort of compounding so for me in that moment it's really just about turning towards that part of me and i usually do this as it as i feel it in my body more than mentally like i can feel the tension coming up as we're having this like tech thing going on I can feel mm -hmm. the tension come up and then it's kind of like okay just just feel just be with that just a moment just mm -hmm. let myself be in touch with what that physically feels like and as I do that very often and it takes some practice it's kind of like building a muscle and that's what I do in the coaching work that I do with people is I help people build that muscle 
to be able to actually turn towards themselves in those moments mm -hmm. but then when you do very often and you may find this yourself it sort of just starts to just settle down and it's sort of there's you don't really need to do that much it just mm. starts to settle and that's kind of that's been a, amongst other things one of the great things that has helped me heaps with bad days stop it's like stop resisting the fact that i'm having a bad day like can mm. i open to the badness of this moment yeah i really resonated with what you said about the thoughts about thoughts and feelings about feelings and all of those <laughs> layers that go on um because that is something i do a lot and i'm trying to stop that but um right one of the things that i've realized um with going to therapy this year is that i have a lot of shame around my emotions and i mm. i struggle to be vulnerable and open up and um as I was kind of discovering and accepting this about myself, I had this dual feeling of, okay, I, I struggle to open up and, um, you know, I come across as quite confident and hard shelled and I don't really let people in. And then, so what I need to do is be vulnerable, but then I would go the opposite way and kind of overshare and, mm. you know, overdo it. And then I had these layers of feelings about like, well, no matter what I do, it's always wrong. And, mm. you know, what, what can I do? So it's it was a really um you know a tricky thing for me to try and navigate and and not make that about myself. Um, totally. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, as you just shared that, I was I was really struck by um well a few things. Like I felt this real um gratitude for the fact that you are sharing your journey through this podcast and that you're opening up this topic of what to do with emotions that we have been most of us told repeatedly are wrong and therefore mm. bad and shameful like this is such a vital topic and and so i'm really i'm just so grateful to you that you're 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 creating a vehicle here for people to kind of think start thinking about how this is for them and i was very much the same you know i for years i worked even as a freaking therapist <laughs> who 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 was unconsciously avoiding feeling his own feelings how about mm. that you know like yeah. as a confession <laughs> confession <laughs> from the therapist like and and i think there are a lot of um there are so many people out there who are really grappling with this question of like you know they they've never cried or they've cried twice in the last 10 years and it's like wow mm. it feels like i that's not quite right or they never let themselves get angry um i see a lot of people like that who struggle with um self-criticism very often if you're not if you've been if you've been growing growing up in an environment that told you the message that it's not okay to be angry that it's bad to be angry very often because we do get angry it's natural to get angry which is what i'm constantly telling my kids because i don't want them <laughs> to have to go through this then in with some inevitability that anger without somewhere to go out into the world in a productive healthy way of course not talking about smashing anything up but without somewhere to go it gets turned inwards it gets turned mm -hmm. inwards on the self and it shows up as horrific self-judgment 
self-criticism, scathing, a scathing kind of inner voice. And so much of the work I do with people is actually helping them learn to or take or removing the barriers to them being able to actually express all their emotions, but particularly anger. Um, and when they do that, I reckon the self-critique inside drops by about 70%. It's unbelievable. Yeah. When when someone can is allowed to be angry, it's just it's a game changer. Mm. Yeah, I I found within, you know, that whole complex of how to express what I was feeling and how to try and connect with others, it got to the point where people would just be like, well, she's just crazy. Like, look at how she's acting. She's mm. doing this, she's doing that. And and people would take a step back and just be like, whoa. Um, so I'm wondering, in, in your opinion, what role does vulnerability play in fostering deeper connections with others and, and how you can navigate opening up to others yeah. without feeling this, um, you know, confusion of like, you know, how hot and cold should I be? You know, all of these yeah. kinds of um, questions we go through. Totally. I, I, I love your observation there because I experienced that too. You know, as I started to, I actually had a really close friend. And as I started to experiment with letting myself um, express anger, this person did not respond well to it at all. Like mm. they were so unfamiliar in receiving that from me because I was so, I was such a good boy up until that point, you know, who would, who would mm. never do that. This person just, like well like they just walked out of my life basically and and on some level it felt really right because i trusted at that stage what was happening in terms of this leaning into my emotions like i trusted that at that point very implicitly uh but on another level you know as a human being of course it was kind of it was very hard to deal with other people's reactions who might not like your vulnerability might not mm. respond so well to it and so i think i think that there can be a really helpful kind of um stepping back before you choose to be vulnerable to really contemplate whether this is a person who is capable and safe for you to be vulnerable with is it going to be helpful is it going to be healthy for you to be vulnerable with this person is it going to be healing to be vulnerable with this person and i think what um what that does is just give us a little bit of um a, a little bit of ability to sort of discern a bit more discernment about our vulnerability um and i think that can be really really helpful for people mm -hmm. okay and i want to oh, i was going to say some of the things like you could look for ahead of time with somebody is you know how how do they respond to other people's vulnerability you know when mm -hmm. they're talking about other people in their life how do they respond to that what do they tell you about those people um when you have shared something difficult you know have you have you had a like someone jump in with like okay here's what to do and nine problem solving steps in which case oh, that gosh. may not be 
someone to share your deepest stuff with you know because what we're really looking for in that moment is just somebody to receive and to to be with us in the in mm. the pain of whatever it is that we're experiencing so yeah. yeah i think that could really help absolutely i want to take a look at kind of uh, a more broad look on how to create a fulfilling life that you're happy with long term um mm. what do you think are some of the key qualities or habits that contribute to having a, a more meaningful and fulfilling life yeah i i think one of the primary primary ingredients is kind of a weird thing to say but it has time and time again shown itself to be true um and if anyone's kind of unclear about anything that we've talked about today there's actually going to be a place on my website where people can come and submit questions following this conversation so this is probably one of the primary things that might sound a bit strange and people might have questions about so you can go to to my website and it's going to be matthewcooksey.com slash shots fired and there'll be a place to submit a question but what what i've seen is um that when we are looking for something whether that be photography or any activity to fulfill us it's the fastest way to not feel fulfilled in a way what we need to find is our innate fulfillment that is in all of us right from the beginning of our lives like i look at my kids because i think they're just you know they're they they're they're free of a lot of the the garbage that prevents us from seeing this and my mm -hmm. kids are fulfilled every day every single day they are full they are these living breathing expressions of fullness and so i'm always encouraging people for sure to kind of experiment to do all those practical things like get your work out into the world don't sit in a vacuum trying to figure it all out because you'll never figure it out without you mm -hmm. know feedback and all of those practical things i would have said some years ago but these days what i would say is um this counterintuitive thing of instead of turn it around instead of trying to seek fulfillment in some kind of activity have at least a good part of your practice in life be about exploring inside yourself to uncover the inherent fulfillment that your higher self can bring to all and everything and learn and learn how to access that more and more and more and then all of the logistics of what to do and you know who to reach out to and what creative project to pick and what not to pick that kind of just starts to take care of itself um it becomes just a ongoing flow um but it can get so confusing when you're trying to you're trying to find the perfect thing to fulfill you and just, just you just never find it because mm -hmm. you are full right now even if you don't know it mm. i know there's probably some people listening who um had the same question as i did i remember i was sitting 
in my therapist's office, I was sitting on the chair and she was saying, um, you know, it's really good that you're, you're here and you're, you've accepted that, you know, things need to change and you need to learn to accept yourself as you are. And we we're talking about this and I was like, yes, I'm, I'm really excited about this, but you haven't told me how to do it. Like, mm. what's the plan? What are the steps? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm such like a, you know, give me the eight. Um, me too. Like, well, it's a process, but, you know, you, you began the journey when you started coming here. And, um, yeah, I'm, so I'm just wondering if there are any, any, like, particular practices or rituals or small things that you could um, mm. do that have helped you cultivate a greater sense of this self-acceptance? Yeah, it's it's so it's so understandable that we want to, you know, um, get the logistics of this happening because, <laughs> of course, there's a part of our mind that is really good at that and that that is like, okay, cool, this is great. So, what do we do about this? And mm. I think it's really important that people like me, uh, therapists, coaches, healers, counselors, whatever, um, that we really support that part of people so the thing that i really um like to do with people um when i first have a session with somebody um i i like to draw a map for them of their psyche which is an amazing thing to do um i just get them talking about what they're noticing about wherever it is that they're stuck in their creativity in their business building or their relationships or whatever it is and they start talking and i actually map out for them on a like on a mind map basically how their psyche is structured and about halfway through the session i share that with people and they look mm -hmm. at the screen and they're like oh my god <laughs> like it finally takes something that's kind of very nebulous and always shape-shifting when you think about like who am i and how my and my psyche and my uh my inner world and it actually mm -hmm. finally puts it onto a piece of paper and you start to actually see yourself and how yourself is structured and um and i want to share the um just the simple kind, it, it's simple, but not easy, I would say, mm. this process. Um, but to share the kind of simple approach that I take to drawing those maps for people, which is to, like what people could actually do, something tangible you could do is just carry your journal around with you for a week in your sort of everyday up and down existence. And, when you notice that something is getting stuck or complicated or painful or difficult, you could just ask yourself for a moment, who am I being right now? Who am I being right now? And we really, really need to, as best we can, ask that question without judgment but it's like if i was um you know i'm just i'm just thinking of the other day i was i was reaching out to somebody new and i was writing an email to them and i realized that i was like 
really prevaricating over like which word to use. I was really self-conscious. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt the tension of that. And I realized because this is my practice, ah, I'm feeling yeah. this tension. And then I kind of just got still and I asked myself, who am I being right now? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I'm being, I'm being this frightened kid who feels that he needs to get it all right. I'm being this scared kid that is really frightened of people's rejection. Um, and it really helped me to start getting more of a picture of the different parts of myself. And over time, what I've been able to see for myself is that there are, th there are four or five core parts of me that reliably show up in different situations at different times. And by asking that question, who am I being right now? It, instead of like, why is this happening? Which tends to send mm. us down lots of really painful rabbit holes. It can really start opening up our awareness of these vulnerable parts of ourselves that actually need, need our love and our support. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take mm -hmm. my journal around with me all week. I love what it. I, what I write down. See what you can capture and see who's yeah. in there. I think that's mm. the, that's the way to kind of look at this. Like mm. this idea that we are this one self is it doesn't really stand up to reason. If you think about how you speak in everyday life, you know, you might get an invitation to go to something and you might go like, "Oh, part of me is like really not wanting to go to this because you know it's like social and it's going to be i'm going to feel awkward or whatever but another part of me is like so excited to you know be exposed to this project to these people blah 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 and and what that tells us is that actually our self is actually structured into usually a handful of different parts and the sooner we recognize that the sooner we can actually start to work with our own psychology in a much more productive way and so if you can ask yourself like who am i being right now and kind of really have the intention that you want to discover who are the different parts of you inside oh look there's my like inner child part Ooh, oh there's my doing part that's really kind of like wants to know the five-step plan and yeah like, <laughs> Oh, over here, hang on a minute. Oh, here's this very kind of attuned meditating, knowing part. Mm. And we can start to kind of get to know ourselves and the different characters that live inside us. And it can be a really profound development in our, in our understanding of who and what we are. Nice. I love that. Um, I can't I'd wait love to find out who share... you are, Jack. Yeah, right. Me I... too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would love if you could share a book or film or article, podcast, something that's um, recently really resonated with you um, and explain why it, it had such an impact. Yeah. Gosh, I'm sitting here with a bookcase full <laughs> of so many, so many books <laughs> and so many people and teachers and um, things that have influenced me. But I think related to what I just said, um, this kind of understanding that 
we're not actually a single self where we our self is sort of divided into parts comes from a, a a pretty new innovative branch of the therapy world um that's called internal family systems and mm -hmm. it's sort of like discovering your inner family as i just described to you mm -hmm. um and so there are um a couple of resources like in particular there's a youtube video that i'm thinking of that i can give you the link of so that we can share it with people yeah, where, it. yeah that'd be cool because if if this idea that oh yeah it there is this part of me and that part of me if that kind of resonates with anyone then this youtube video would be a really great place to kind of start in kind of grasping a bit more about that and for me that understanding has opened up a whole level of self-love that i could never have accomplished if i had not seen that so i think that would be my pick amazing i can't wait to watch it it's kind of like um it, have you ever seen that movie inside out um which is no it, it's a pixar movie which is basically all about um how our emotions work it's such a great movie um mm -hmm. they have like joy fear sadness disgust and anger and it's so funny because you the whole movie is sort of watching this little girl go through her life and the interactions on the inside of her between all these emotions and like without like ruining it for everybody <laughs> her life kind of works eventually when all the emotions work together when all the emotions yeah. are, are allowed and in the movie like sadness is like dispatched to the exile because she's just seen as like this downer and it's like we don't need yeah. you but, but actually sadness was needed in the midst of all these emotions so um mm -hmm. so it's a little bit like that for anyone who's seen the movie inside out this sort of understanding that i'm speaking about is is very much like that it's like all parts mm -hmm. of me are needed for me to thrive and bring them all together and it's and life is a lot easier mm. oh my gosh matt thank you so much this has been such an amazing conversation um oh you too been here nodding and smiling the whole time just really yeah i just it's, want to acknowledge you i'm glad i'm glad because you are doing such a service you know you spoke about being vulnerable and i think throughout this conversation you know you've been willing to 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 be to be that vulnerable person in service to whoever's listening to this and so that's that's such a kind generous act and and i can imagine it would have taken a lot of courage for you to let yourself go in this direction on your podcast um mm. so thank you so much for having me for um asking such great questions and um you know i i look forward to hearing from people if uh, if they've got questions that come out of this then i i would just love to hear the questions and i will get back to every single one of them for sure mm. we will post that link um where you can write those questions in the show cool. notes but i'd also love if you could share any other you know where people can find you if it's website socials any offers anything at all um, yeah yeah well if anyone wants to uh to actually come in and have me draw this map of their psyche then that's something that um that i just absolutely adore doing for people i do i do those sessions all the time 
they're reasonably affordable as a way to kind of just dip into this work. So um, you can go to matthewcooksey.com um, and you can reach out to me through that. I'm also on Instagram, The Spiritual Midwife. Um, I see it as my job to help people give birth to their to their own soul mm -hmm. in a way, which is hence the the name where that that came I love from. That. So, um, and you know, giving birth to your own soul can be a little painful at times, in my experience. So, you know, it can help to have a, a helping hand. So, um, so yeah, find me on on Instagram, and um, like you say, we'll put up the link for for really for like the next three weeks, we'll keep that open mm -hmm. for anyone who's hearing this to put their question in and I'll record a video response to you with some personalized guidance. And um, and if anyone's finding this after that time has closed, then um, you'll be able to access the, the video responses that I give to everyone who submits mm -hmm. a question, so. Amazing. Thank you awesome. so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And you too. Oh my gosh. I'm just so excited to like re-listen re back to this myself because I think no. it was such a, you know, useful and juicy and just really <laughs> wholesome episode. So thank you. <laughs> I'm all for a juicy conversation. I'm all yes. about that. So, <laughs> thanks, Jack. <laughs>